0: This is the Young Gunners from Texas Young Lawyers Association. We cut through the noise and discuss practical tips and challenges facing new attorneys in Texas and the United States. In this episode, I am your host, Reggie Wilson podcasting from Houston, Texas. I will be speaking with Taylor Moore, associate with Norton Rose Fulbright US LLP about rocking big law. Thank you for being with us today, Taylor.
1: Thank you for having me. Glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. So I am from Houston, Texas, born and raised, been here for all of my life. I am currently practicing here at Norton Rose Fulbright Going into my third year of practice, I went to Baylor University for undergrad. I studied biology and Spanish and then went to Thurgood Marshall School of Law directly from undergrad uh, into law school, then moved directly from law school into uh, practice at
0: Norton Rose. And with the practice at Norton Rose, could you tell us a little bit more about what you do?
1: I primarily, I'm a litigator. I primarily practice. Mass tort, toxic tort litigation, uh, a little bit of medical malpractice as well, and some intellectual property litigation kind of cover the wide gamut of tort litigation and uh, anything that really involves mass, massive tort issues like mass plant explosions, um, anything, mass product liability cases, those types of things. And then I dabble a little bit with patent infringement litigation, too. Uh, Like I said, I'm in my third year, my third year of practice, so I'm still kind of a baby lawyer myself, and uh, we primarily represent global oil and gas companies, uh, global technology companies, so with that being said, we're usually on the defense side of most of our litigation, although sometimes we get the pleasure of being the plaintiff.
0: Aha. (laughs) So why did you become interested in big law?
1: So my my mom's an attorney, but probably to her demise, I didn't become an attorney because of her. Uh, Uh, I actually, it was kind of a a long route to um, becoming an attorney, and then specifically becoming interested in big law. I studied biology in undergrad, and I love science, still do, loved innovation and the excitement of new things and discovering new things, and I did a little bit of research, kind of wanted to do research, but realized that my personality, which maybe you could pick up through through the podcast, was not suited for the lifestyle of a research scientist. And so I ended up talking to one of my biotechnology professors in undergrad about my issues and like what I struggled with. I knew I liked writing. That was one side of my brain that I loved to use. And so he kind of encouraged me to look into other Fields and the law popped up, and I had never seen anything really outside of criminal law. My mom is a prosecutor and loves criminal law. She also did criminal defense, and I didn't know there there was a world outside of that. And so he kind of introduced me into patent law and civil law, and so I took this leap of faith into law school. But now, going into law school, I had no idea what big law was. I just knew people spoke about it, and I was like, well, I don't want to do small law, so let's, let's see what this big law thing is about. <laughs> and so uh, I had really sort of became interested when I started to hear people that were in big law speak. Uh, we had partners from different law firms, Norton Rose Fulbright being one of them, that would come to our school, and they would speak. And the only thing that I really grasped was that, wow, it sounds like the brightest minds go into big law. And so that piqued my interest. Uh, I knew that they also did a lot of complex work that I liked, strategic litigation that I liked, and then also just the um, opportunity to see colleagues like you uh, take that route. And so that kind of encouraged me and led me there. But it was definitely still like deer in the headlights all along the way.
0: So transitioning to the big question that everyone wants to know, how do you become a successful young associate or new associate?
1: Well, it definitely doesn't happen overnight, and I appreciate—I don't know—that I always think of myself as successful, so thank you. Um, but it doesn't happen overnight. She's
0: playing coy, <laughs> being very coy.
1: It for me, it started in undergrad, and it's been a continuous shift in regards to um, putting my nose to the grind. So. Biology in undergrad was not an easy major. And sometimes I shoot myself in the foot thinking, man, I could have been, I could have had another easy major and enjoyed undergrad maybe a little bit more. But biology was hard. And so I had to consistently change the way that I studied and managed my time. So I had to do that at a very early age, really starting at, you know, probably starting in high school, but definitely being focused and more narrowly tailored um, in undergrad. And then moving into law school, law school was a completely different type of study. I had to again change the way that I studied, change the way that I focused on uh, different subject matters. Law school is all about time management and uh, learning how to stay on top of different tasks that are, don't always bleed together. and so. Once I learned how to really master that, that carried over very well into the legal profession and then particularly big law. Big law, you have to know how to handle and manage and juggle lots of different types of tasks and cases. They are all moving at different speeds and different paces and different times. And so time management is huge. And that was one thing that made me... I would say successful and something that I could take with each stage of my life into big law.
0: You hear that new associates time management is one of the major (laughs) keys to being a successful new associate. So outside of time management, when going through law school, what are the things did you take from law school that transitioned well into your practice?
1: So one thing for me was changing the way I thought about the legal, about the law, I guess, Having a science background, everything was very black and white. Everything was very one plus one equals two, pretty binary. And going into law school, I had to really open my mind to thinking strategically about the practice of law and strategically about the law. Not everything has a right answer, which was very different for me. And learning that and shifting my mind into thinking in a more Socratic way thinking more broadly and openly about issues and problem solving uh, was different and um, it was fun. I mean, it, it's creative. It gives you more creative expression in your practice and profession. And that is something that I had to take from law school into the practice of law because whoever said that there's a right answer in in the law, they were wrong. They, they didn't practice law, they were not a litigator. <laughs>
0: So what are some of the things you did in law school that set yourself apart from other candidates?
1: Being brutally, bluntly honest, uh, grades. Focusing hard on my grades and on uh, being successful in the classroom. That is something very important. Something that people that are um, in, you know, recruiters in big law are looking at grades. They are looking at how successful you were in the classroom and taking what you had in law school and what you did with it. And so I I learned that pretty early on and I focused really heavily on making sure that I was on top of all of my schoolwork and making sure that I was just consistently staying on it. I mean, I lived in the library literally and Reggie, you probably know that for a fact. Like we we both all. really <laughs> lived in the library, but um, I for sh- I, I, li- I just dedicated those three years to, I'm probably not going to see the outside world much, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I need to do to be successful and set myself apart in that manner.
0: So you go through law school, you're successful with your grades, you have the summer internship locked up, you begin the summer internship, uh, tell us about your experience as a as a summer associate.
1: Summer associate program is fun. It is unique. I think it's different than well, it's different than anything I've ever gone through. Uh, but it was it's it's a fun process. So uh, for those in big law, summer associate program is a mix of social events so that. Attorneys at the firm can really get to know, you know, you as a person and get to know if you are going to fit well with the culture in the group at not only the firm, but also whatever individual practice area you end up going into. But then there's also the component of trying to evaluate whether or not you can do the work and whether or not you have potential. Everyone knows as a summer associate, you know nothing. I mean, really, <laughs> I as a first-year associate, you probably know nothing, too. But uh, you really don't know anything. And so it's not necessarily evaluating, like, can she write the perfect motion for summary judgment or memorandum on this aspect of the law? But it's more so, did she put in, a, you know, an excellent A-plus effort? Did she use all the resources that she had available to her and did she ask the appropriate questions? Did she uh, proofread? Did she basically take advantage of everything that she had within her power to do well on this project? And is she teachable? Is she coachable? Can we work with her? And that all of that is encompassed in the Summer Associate Program from um, their perspective, from the firm's perspective of getting to know you, but then there's also the component of you getting to know the firm and you getting to know whether or not this is a place that you wanna be and where you wanna see your career grow. So it's, it's fun, it's unique. Um, you get to experience a lot of fun you know, activities and dinners and meet a lot of fun and interesting people. Um, so I enjoyed it, I thought it was, it was great. What I took away from it was that uh, I needed to, I was able to see and evaluate Norton Rose um, as a firm, and I knew that it was a firm that I wanted to be, where I wanted to be, and where I could grow from. And then I also took away, you know, how, what the work life would look like, what the work life balance would look like as a big law associate. I made sure that was one key point that I wanted to know. Um, I took away how the firm treated and handled diversity and what they thought about, um, you know, how, how minority associates and partners thrive in this environment and then also uh, some about you know the practice they do uh, the type of law they practice the complex issues that they come across and the the clients that they represent
0: so if one of our listeners is getting prepared for a summer internship what is some advice that you would give them i mean you remember that feeling of being nervous and not knowing what to expect. But now that you're on the other side and you were successful as a summer associate, you're now successful as a as a new associate. What advice would you give that law student?
1: I would say do your research and get some real develop some really good internal questions that you want answered by the end of your 6 weeks, 10 weeks, however long the program is. Uh, And those don't necessarily have to be questions that you ask up front. Those can be questions that you have in the back of your mind that you can visually see as you're going throughout the program. And what I mean by that is, you know, what does it look like to be an associate here at the firm that you are at? What types of hours do the associates work? Do the associates typically have a life outside of the firm? Do they Are they involved in other organizations? Are they able to do so? Uh, what kind of work are the associates doing and at what level? What are the first-year associates doing? What are the mid-level associates doing? What are the senior associates doing? What are the partners doing? You'll want to know that because you'll want to know what it's going to look like for you. What... Uh, different practice groups are there there and make a mental note of which ones have needs and which ones uh, you can succeed in because you can love maybe an area of the law, which I also, I don't actually believe in. I think a lot of times first-year associates think they know what they want to do and that can quickly change. Um, but you might think you love an area of the law and then you see, you get there at the firm and you see that practice group and you realize they might not actually have a need. And so, you might want to shift your focus to another practice area that does have that need that you can easily get in, get plugged in, get the work that you need. What kind of opportunities do they have? Uh, all of those are questions that I would say be mentally thinking about as you're preparing for your internship. The type of, you know, the work that you're going to do there, like how to draft a memorandum, that's something that you'll learn once you start. You know who do I want to go to dinner with? Those are things that you might develop and get to see as you're there. But there are some questions that I didn't really think about, like who has work at the firm, who are the big um, partners bringing in the big matters, the complex matters. I didn't necessarily think about that before I started, and I had to kind of think about that on the fly as I went throughout the program. But um, that's what I would I would say. To do as you're preparing.
0: So you've given us great tips on what to do through law school, what to do as a summer associate. But now let's transition into being a new associate and where you are today. What are some keys to success to get to your level?
1: Some of that really does transition from law school, like time management. I'm huge on time management, maybe because I'm like type A plus plus, but. <laughs> It, you will get here and you will get handed several different matters and it might look like you have just so much to do and you don't really know how to organize it, but really sitting down and having a to-do list and managing your time will help. It'll help to organize that in your mind and it will help to organize what you need to do on paper. I think being responsive is a very important thing um, quality in most successful associates, especially in big law. Partners and senior associates are looking for your for the junior associates to be responsive, to respond to emails, to um, come to their office whenever they need something, and just to be generally available. Of course, I do believe that there are boundaries and that you can uh, develop your own boundaries depending on where you are and what your team looks like, but responsiveness is a very easy way to set yourself apart. I think also uh, recognizing that there's a huge learning curve is also important. Not a lot. I knew that. I heard that. But didn't really fully know it until I started. And the learning curve is so steep for lawyers. It's still steep for myself now. But it's important to know that you don't know what you don't know. And so you have to ask questions. It is So, so key and so important not to just try to do something on your own if you have a huge overwhelming question and you just want to kind of you, you think that you can just kind of figure it out. Go ask. I guarantee that even if you don't feel comfortable asking a partner, ask the senior associate or if you don't feel comfortable asking the senior associate, ask a closer colleague who has probably done something similar who can help you, and also, it cuts down time, you know? It cuts down that anxiety of feeling like I don't know what to do and I'm struggling.
0: Well, Thank you for some of those keys to success. Just to go a little bit further, with the different personalities of partners and senior associates and mid-level associates, how do you balance those different personalities?
1: It's tough, and it was hard for me at first. I have partners that I work for, that are very different. They write completely differently. They analyze the law very differently. They practice law very differently. And my first my first thought was to utilize the resources I had and to go to their senior associates and talk to them and say, hey, listen, uh, you know, partner A, it seems like he, you know, wants this or is asking for this. What does this mean? And the, honestly, the best tip is that senior associates are usually the key. Senior associates and their assistants. The assistants know everything. They, they, yeah. they literally, The assistants and secretaries and paralegals, they know all. And so asking them, you know, how does he typically like or she, how does he or she typically like this type of assignment done? What can I do to take the initiative for the next step? Uh, what, does, what, are, what are their expectations for being responsive? Those people, senior associates and paralegals, staff, secretaries, and assistants, they know all of that stuff. Some of them have been working for the, for the partners for decades, and they can give you some really good insight as to how to balance and manage two completely different type of partners and um, personality types.
0: So this one may be a hard one, and and you may still be working to figure it out. But as a new associate trying to make a name for myself, how do I know or how do I go about saying no to an assignment or accepting too many assignments and being overwhelmed?
1: So you're right. I'm still learning this. But what I also have learned is that a lot of it is in the way that you say it. So a lot of times I might have a lot of, or I think that I have a lot of assignments or a lot of things going on, and then if someone approaches me and asks me if I can handle something different or something else, if I were to tell them, hey, I have this motion to write, I have this deposition coming up, I have this uh, client meeting coming up and this hearing coming up. You know, how, what do you think I should prioritize and how should I handle all of these things in addition to what you would ask me to do? Most of the time, that senior associate or that partner will know, okay, you're right, you have too much going on right now. It's probably best that you don't do my assignment or I'll go find someone else. Or, well, listen, let's take a Let's break all this down. I know you think that this is going to take a long time to do, but actually it really might not take that long. You probably can knock it out. I actually have a sample for you that you can use and that won't that can be knocked off your plate pretty quickly. Or I know you think that the preparing for this depot might take, you know, so many hours, but actually let me give you an outline. This could take, you know, a quicker amount of time. So they can help prioritize, and you're off the hook for actually saying no. It's not like you ever said no. I don't want to do this for you. It was more so asking them for their advice on how to handle all that you have, but also demonstrating to them that you do you are concerned with the amount of work that you have on your plate. Sometimes, most of the time, I've found that that works. There is there are some times where you might have to say. I really do, I I might be at my maximum capacity. These are the people that I'm working for. If you would like to go, you know, I could speak to those people to let them know that you want me to handle this, um, or maybe you would rather speak to this partner or this senior associate to let you know that I'm handling this and maybe we can work it out that way. I've also had that approach too, where I just knew I was kind of at my maximum capacity and it might be better for the partners to duke it out on their own and (laughs) figure it out uh, and so then I don't have to be, again, be the one saying no or be the one turning down an assignment.
0: So what are some of your biggest challenges with and in big law?
1: A lot of them are, there's several fold. So there's one area of a challenge being a young attorney, being someone who's fairly new in the practice. Like I mentioned, the learning curve is so steep. So that is a challenge. It is a challenge every day to sometimes I'll, I'll still get uh, assignments or we'll still come across something that the client is asking for that I'm like, I have never heard of that before in my entire life. I have no idea what that is. And so I have to go figure it out. I've gotten more comfortable with knowing that I don't know, so that's made it easier. Uh, step but one, folks. Step one is just recognizing you don't know. and um, So that is one layer of, of challenge, is just being a, a new attorney. Another layer comes from being a minority and being a woman. There are a lot of, there's unconscious bias that comes with being a woman in big law and really probably in any profession, but particularly big law because it's uh, kind of a conservative practice. And for example, you know, there's an unconscious bias with thinking that women are not as assertive or thinking that women don't typically take the lead on a lot of matters and a lot of uh, projects. And so combating that with trying to show initiative and taking the lead, is a challenge that I have to face quite often. And there's also another challenge with being myself. I am a double minority. I'm also an African-American. And there is a whole nother set of unconscious bias and challenges that come with that. For example, uh, just coming from a different cultural background than a lot of my colleagues, I have to find another way to develop common ground with uh, people that, are not African-American or don't come from my culture and learning how to network and uh, still, you know, approach those people just coming from a different set of experiences and background experiences. Those are all challenges that I face quite often and that I seem seem to be pretty prevalent in big law that I know big law is trying to overcome, but it's a, you know, it's a work in progress.
0: And what tips would you have for someone facing similar challenges?
1: The biggest tip, I think, would just to to be yourself. Be your true natural self with, I add, a caveat of being professional. I don't by any means mean to say, you know, wear whatever you want, do whatever you want. I just mean be true to who you are and don't lose that. Because I find that if you try to assimilate too much and if you try to lose... or or overcome you know different challenges that you might have that are innate to you you begin to have an identity crisis and then you lose the excitement and the passion for wanting to be in the practice that you are in and it all becomes very mundane and you become unhappy so be be your true authentic self be professional and just do give your best work and your best effort and A partner here has always told me that excellence is your best currency and so always strive for excellence and that will supersede any unconscious bias or challenge you might face.
0: Okay let's kind of transition now within with your involvement. Are you currently involved with any outside organizations or firm committees or do you dabble in pro bono work?
1: Yes, so all of the above. Um, outside and not related to the legal profession at all, I'm pretty involved in my church. I lead a small group that I enjoy doing, and I do that quite often. Uh, within the firm I try to get involved as I can with recruiting I help with interviews I help with um, the summer associate program and I also am pretty involved with pro bono work as well Uh, actually just received my award for winning the 2018 pro bono all-star award so (laughs) which was fun I um I, I love. I like doing pro bono work, and I had a very interesting uh, prisoner civil rights case that I got to handle. That the firm encouraged me to handle uh, pro bono, and so that was that was a, a good testament to the ability to still give back to your community and help to help your community, even amongst a hustling and bustling practice of big law and the billable hour. <laughs> uh, still being able to do that has been helpful just to my work-life balance and to feeling passionate about what I do.
0: All right, Taylor. Final question. If you could give one major piece of advice to someone who's trying to rock big law, what would it be?
1: Wow, that's a very heavy-loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) One piece of advice for someone who's trying to succeed in big law is just to... Put your nose to the grind, but don't forget who you are. Work hard, but be yourself and don't let go of the things that you love and that you're passionate about because there's going to be times in big law where you feel exhausted and tired and the billable hours knocking on your door, but you're going to need something that keeps you going every day and keeps you excited for what you do and then just the fervor of life. So make sure you hold on to something that you really enjoy and that you're really passionate about to keep you going in the practice of big law and to keep you working really, really hard and striving for excellence.
0: There you have it, folks. Taylor, thank you for being with us today and sharing tips on rocking big law. Thank you all for listening to Young Gunners from Texas Young Lawyers Association. Make sure to follow and friend us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank mm-hmm. <laughs>